0: guards turned back to their dull routine of circling the grounds. As they turned the corner of the house, their uninvited guest was well up into the branches, groping for the white-painted railing of the balcony. The rest was child's play. By the time of half-light, he was inside the bungalow and in Macadam's bedroom. Pulling the mosquito netting aside, he laid the point of the Spanish main gauche to the throat of the sleeping Scotsman. On his face A half-smile wrinkled the scar running from his eye to the corner of his mouth. "'Wake up, McAdams. You sent for me, remember?' McAdams stirred, then his eyes jerked open. His first efforts to rise from his bed were quickly terminated by the point of the narrow-bladed dagger pressing against the tender flesh covering his carotid artery. He sunk back deep into his bed, body rigid, he forced his eyes to focus on the dark figure above him. The face, smiling at him in the thin light, brought a cold feeling deep inside his bowels, and not because it was necessarily evil. No, it was a face of a man in the prime of life, somewhere in his thirties. If it hadn't been for the scar, he probably would have been a most pleasant-looking fellow. "'You sent for me,' the man repeated. "'What is it you want?' laddie? I'll talk to no man who put steel to my throat.' "'Caska, the intruder, grinned approvingly and pulled the dagger back, "'keeping it in his hand instead of returning it to its sheath beneath his jerkin. "'Pulling the netting further open, he bowed mockingly. "'Aye, but I'd be obliged to you, good sir, "'if you would keep your hands in sight when you leave your bed.' I HAVE NO DESIRE TO FIND A PISTOL BALL LODGED IN MY OWN THROAT. HE WATCHED MCADAM'S EYES. ENGLISH WAS STILL A SLIGHTLY STRANGE TONGUE FOR CASCA, AND THE FLOWERY USE OF IT, CURRENTLY IN VOGUE, DIDN'T HELP MATTERS. HE HOPED HE SOUNDED LIKE THE MAN MCADAMS HAD SENT FOR. HOLDING UP BOTH HANDS, THE SCOTSMAN SMILED AND BEGAN TO wriggle OUT OF HIS tousled BED. HE WAS NOT AS OLD AS CASCA HAD EXPECTED though the full beard made age a little difficult to judge, probably in his late fifties. He thought the man would have been older to have amassed all the wealth he was rumored to have, especially since he'd been brought to the colony as a bonded servant, little better, if any, than the blackest African who chopped cane in his fields. He had a hard look to his eyes with a touch of humor behind them, Casca thought he could like this tough Scotsman who clawed his way up from the fields to be one of the richest men in the islands. It took nerve not to be intimidated by the point of a dagger against your throat. McAdams glanced ruefully at the open window. He spoke quietly, almost all of the Scottish burr gone from his voice. "'The guards? Did you bribe them?' or shall I have to dismiss them for their negligence?' "'Neither,' Casca answered. "'I just happen to be fairly good at what I do.' He meant the boast to be sarcastic, but McAdam's eyes whipped toward him, probing. "'That, too,' pleased Casca. "'It was good to know that this man would take nothing at face value.' "'Your name?' The Scotsman barked the words as though he were the one in possession of the dagger. You sent for me. You ought to know who I am. I sent for a man called Cas Long who was foolish enough to kill the wrong person in a tavern brawl. It was the Inn of the Caribs in Montego Bay. I'm called Cas Long. But it's not your true name. Casca smiled. He was tempted to tell the Scotsman... You want to know who I really am? Casca Rufio Longinus, born nearly seventeen and a half centuries past in the Rome of the Caesars. No, Scotsman, you don't want to know my name. Speaking aloud softly, he said, One name will serve as well as another. It doesn't change the man. McAdams nodded his head in silent agreement. Now, about this man you killed in Montego Bay. He let the question trail off and waited. Now, that was a bit embarrassing.